this year. And uh, I want to live closer to God. So the title of my message today is Be Near. Live near God. Exist near God. I don't want to exist without Him. I know what it's like to be in His grace and His mercy. And I know what it's like to be out of it. And uh, I'd rather be in it any day of the week than to be out of it. Y'all with me? And uh, so let's, let's stay with God the next 21 days. Every Thursday night we're going to pray. Just encourage you, kind of clean your slate off on Thursday nights. Come be with us. Come join us. We're just going to worship and pray at the same time. If you're not good at prayer, it's okay. It's something you develop with time. You know, the, the more time you spend with God, the closer you draw to Him, the easier it is to pray. And so it's something you develop in your life. It's like water skiing. The first time I did that in my life, besides ripping the transom off the back of the boat, <laughs> I grabbed on that rope, you know, and you, you hold on to it, and I'm holding on to it, and the boat takes off, and it was ugly. I left, and the skis didn't. And, uh, but that's how prayer works, you know. You just you have to grab a hold of it. And you just got to keep going and keep trying and, and keep building yourself up in the faith. And, you know, and you just, if you have to, read Bible verses. Let that be your prayer. The Word of God is great. Speak it over your life. Speak it over your kids. Speak it over your wife. How many, how many of y'all's wife needs some word in her? <laughs> Spoken over her. And uh, Cheryl just elbowed uh, Ed. <laughs> Maybe Ed needs prayer. How many of y'all's husbands need some prayer over him? And, uh... So pray over them, believe God for them. And this 21 days of fasting and prayer, let's, let's have fun with it. It shouldn't be one of those things where you know, well, when I can't sleep, I read my Bible. I hear, I've heard people say that before. Let it become life to you. Let, let the word come off of the pages for you. Don't read the genealogy section. That's for me only. No, I'm joking. But, you know, don't get bored in that kind of stuff. You know, read the good stuff. Read where it says, you know, Jesus is there for you every step of the way. Read, read your Bible. Get the good stuff out of it. Uh, I like Matthew 21, 22. It's one of my favorite scriptures. If I ask anything in his name believing, it shall be done. I like it, I like it when it, it says the two shall become one with me and my wife. It's my favorite scripture in the evening. I quote it to her. And uh, I said, come here, baby. Come kiss daddy. <laughs> and she loves me. Hey, I'm real. Are y'all real? Let's be real. Church should be real. I'm not fake. I love my wife. I love to kiss my wife. It's natural. And uh, some of y'all are blushing out there. It's okay. Kiss your wife. I promise you. It, it will help things go. Now, if you've been mean to her all day and you try to kiss her, watch out for the frying pan. But so, you know, she tells me it starts in the morning, Ryan. Got to be nice first thing in the morning if you want me to kiss you at nighttime. And so start your day off right. You know, and even more important than that, start your day off with God. And then it'll be easy with your wife all day long because you put him first and her second. That's how it should be. Well... We're in the series B. I love living and I love existing, so it's a good series. There was, uh, there was four guys who were getting ready to get on an airplane. There was a lawyer. That's a good joke now, I'm telling you. There's a lawyer in it. 
a lawyer, a doctor, a priest, and a little boy. And the priest looks at the little boy and says, Hey, little boy, why, why are you flying on the airplane today? He goes, Well, I've always wanted to fly on an airplane, and I've always took little airplanes and flew them around my house, and I want to be a pilot one day. So I want to fly on an airplane. So my dad worked really hard, saved up some money for me to take this little 45-minute flight just so I could experience what it's like to be in an airplane. The priest said, man, that's, that's great. And the lawyer and the doctor said, ah, it's just, you just, you know, just like riding in a car, no big deal. And so they get up in the plane and they, they take off and the pilot comes over the speaker and says, attention, ladies and gentlemen, we're just taking a little short scenic flight today and I hope you enjoy your time with us. And so they take off in the airplane and they're flying and all of a sudden the engine dies. And the pilot, pilot uh, comes out to the, opens the cockpit door and he comes out and he says, guys, I'm sorry, but this is just a single engine aircraft and we've had engine failure. And uh, I've got four backpacks and there's four of y'all and one of me and I'm taking one and I'm gone. He jumps out of the plane. <laughs> and uh, the doctor looks at the rest of them and says, well, I want you to know I'm a doctor and we're the smartest people in the world. And um, he goes, you know, I save lives, and lives matter. So he grabs one, jumps out of the plane. And the lawyer says, doctor was wrong. I'm the smartest guy in the world. And he grabs one, and he jumps out of the plane. And priest looks at the little boy and said, well, there's just two of us left and one, one parachute. He goes, son, I've lived a good full life, and I know God, and I know where I'm going. You take the parachute and save yourself. And the little boy looked at the priest and said, no. He said, that lawyer, you know, the smartest guy in the world, he just jumped out of the airplane with my backpack. We're good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the world. You just better know the difference between a backpack and a parachute. And I'm telling you, when you jump out of the plane, you better know God is with you. And God is on your side. And today I want to talk about having God close to you. Being near. And I want you to open with me to Psalm 73. Now Josh had mentioned Tuesday, that uh, Tuesday night we have a life team meeting. Uh, for y'all who don't listen to announcements. If you've ever wanted to do a life team. Even if you're not going to do a life team this time. But you might do a life team in the future. Please be with us Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. They're going to explain how life teams work. And uh, if you're ever inter interested in leading a life team, make sure you're here 7 o'clock Tuesday night. It's going to be a great night. Darren Hernsberger, who's over all our life teams at all our Triumph campuses, will be with us that night. We're only going to take about 45 minutes to an hour of your time. That's it, one hour. Give me one hour, and I promise you, you won't regret it, okay? Y'all in Psalm 73? It says, truly God is good to Israel. Now this is a psalm of Asaph. And you don't know who Asaph was. Asaph is one of David's chief guys. He's, uh, he's like the, his praise and worship leader. He's actually the one who's over cleaning out the temple. and He's the, over the one who, who, who makes sure the presence of God is always with the ark and at the ark of the covenant. And he's, he's one of David's primary guys. And so... This is, this is his psalm that he's writing to God. And he says, truly God 
is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw, the pro when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're plagued with problems. Pro they're not oh, I can't talk. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep my innocence for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way to others, would I have been a traitor to your people? So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task that is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over a cliff to destruction. In an instant they are destroyed completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a, morning, as a person laughs at the dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter, and I was all tore up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. It must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny whom I have in heaven but you. I desire more than anything on earth that my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things that you do. Now, Asaph here is having some issues. He's like, I'm looking at the wicked. I'm looking at these guys who blaspheme you, God. I'm, I'm looking at these guys who just do whatever they want. They have no conscience whatsoever. They don't feel guilty about persecuting people. They don't feel guilty about doing people wrong. I wake up in the morning, instantly I have pain. Instantly I have sorrow. Instantly my day is wronged. Instantly I feel bad. These guys got it made. But then I go into the house of the Lord and I realize the truth. When you go into the house of God... Your perspective changes. When you draw near to God, something happens. You realize maybe they don't have it so good. Maybe it looks like they can do anything they want. They still prosper. Maybe 
Maybe they look good, but they really aren't. See, because God has a plan, but you have to get into the house of God, and you have to get close to God to realize sometimes what that is. Last year, we talked about, last week, we talked about being different, not last year. That was just a couple weeks ago, though. Uh, last week, we talked about being different. In the year 2016, what that means, we talked about how the year 16 means Yodvav. In Hebrew, the joining of two hearts is one. But in the original Hebrew, the year would be 5776 right now, from, from, the, from creation to now. And you say, well, you know, how accurate is that, Pastor? Well, it's, it's pretty accurate. See, because these guys would, 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 would keep up with their birth dates every year. That's how come we know Methuselah was 900 years old or however old he was. He was too old to count. And if, you're, if I'm still here 900 years, help me. I, I want to be here for 100, but not 900. And um, anyway, it means 5776. And the six would still mean Bob in Hebrew. In Genesis 1.1, it says, When God created the heavens and the earth, that word created comes from Bob. The definition of Bob is a hook or a pin or a tent peg. We see it in Exodus 26.1 again when they, when they are talking about the tabernacle and the curtains. It also means to couple together, to clasp together. And I want to tell you, when, as I was sitting in my office this, this week, I, I believe the Lord spoke to me for a few of you. Maybe it might be for all of you. But I believe he said this is going to be a year of divine connection, of clasping, of bringing together two hearts of one. Divine connections for some of you business owners. I'm believing it's going to be a year of divine connections for you. Like I said last week, connections are very, very important. Connections a lot of times in life determine whether you succeed or not. You know, they say it's not what you know, but who you know. To a big extent, that is true. Thank God I know who I know. And, and so, so I believe it's also going to be a year of order they, that Bob brought order into the mix. That word vav, it, it means a year of instruction, a year of design. I believe that there's certain designs and certain instruction that's coming in some of your lives that'll change the way that you look on life, your whole perspective, your whole outlook. It's a year of matching the outside to the inside and making them look the same. See, I look like a superhero on the inside. I'm working on the outside to look like the inside. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a joke to go with that, but I'm not going to use it. <laughs> God wants to connect all the things in your life where there is an order, where your vision meets with his. See, there's a certain order. We can have a vision. God can have a vision. They be two separate visions. And, and we wonder why our vision isn't going anywhere. It's because it's not lined up with God's vision. And when we put the, the two together, it makes you go new places. I believe that we're created for a year just like this year. A coupling together where two hearts become one. It's a year of finishing, a year of grace. Do you realize that God loves you so much, he predestined you to be in 2016? He could have had you here in 2020, made you ride a horse to church. He had you in 2016. 
He had you predestined before you were ever born to be in this year at this time for a reason. And my question to you this year is, do you know that reason? Do you know what that reason is? That's why we take 21 days at the beginning of the year. Find out our purpose for the year. Make sure our vision's lining up with God. And make sure we're walking in the same steps that he walks in. In his presence, in being near to God, there is freedom. There is liberty. There is power. There is clarity and purpose. Something only happens when you are near to God. Some things in your life will only happen when you spend time with God. Everybody see the movie War Room yet? If you haven't seen it, go see it. There's something about spending time with God. The conclusion of this whole verse in verse 73 is his whole outlook changed when he became near to God. Your whole outlook changes when you get near to God. In James 4, 8 through 10, turn there with me real quick. It says, draw near to God and he will draw you near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Your joy to gloom? What? Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. What is James saying here? How do we get near to God? He said, first, you have to, you have to surrender totally in verse 8. Surrender. Let everything else go. You know, I, I, I watched a thing by David Wilkerson this week about anguish, the call to anguish. And David Wilkerson is talking about there's only something that happens in anguish. Sometimes we wonder, why is my life stinking at this point in time? Why is everything going wrong? Why am I having these problems, God? And it's, it's not that he wants to put you through something. It's that he wants to take you to something. Sometimes it's in our deepest anguish it's in that place where we have to get on our knees and we have to break down and we have to feel like we're losing everything to draw near to him there's something that only anguish will bring you to there's some things that only pain in your life will bring you closer to God and he knows that and so sometimes there's this call to anguish. There's this call to go through things. There's this, this, this cause to stumble. This, this cause to, to wonder, why God? Why did this happen to my grandma? Why, why was she in a wreck? Why was her life taken early? And there's something about getting on your knees and saying, God, I don't understand, but I trust. Some, why did I go through this this week? Why did my stress ball man pop in my hand and silicone run all across my desk this week? Why? I squeezed him too hard. That's why. I murdered him right in my hands. Lord, forgive me for murdering stress ball. He died right there upon my desk. He resides now, not in heaven, but the landfill of Brazoria County. But why? Why do we go through things in our life? 
Because there's deeper purpose and deeper meaning than we will ever see or know. And that's why it says no matter what you're going through, trust. Trust God. We have to trust Him. There's three roads to drawing near to God. I'm going to give them to you in just a second. So we surrender. In the NLT version in James, I'm sorry, I've got a little sidetracked here. The NLT version in James, it says, For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Don't have no divided loyalties if you want to draw near to God. Only God should matter to you. No divided loyalties. In other words, you, you, can't, you can't live in the world and live with God at the same time. Now, we live in the world, but we don't live with the things of the world. Don't, don't live with the things of the world ruling and reigning in your life. Don't have divided loyalties if you want to be near to God. And number three, last thing he says, humble yourself. That's got to be one of the hardest things we do as Christians. Humble ourselves. We live in a very prideful world. Where bragging on yourself puts you to the top. The higher you speak about yourself, the higher you motivate yourself, carries you straight to the top. I've seen people go straight to the top talking about how great they are, how wonderful they are. But that only lasts for a season and for a time. I've seen a guy one time, he went straight to the top of his company, and I'm like, I know that guy. And I'm thinking, man, that old saying, poop floats straight to the top is right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm being honest. I said, Lord, forgive me. I shouldn't think that way. Lord, bless him. I, I'm, I'm glad he's at the top. I'm glad he's doing good. And I just started praying for him. My perspective about that guy changed. But being proud about yourself and boasting about yourself only takes you so far in life. There's something about following God's plan that takes you further and takes you where you need to be. Three roads to drawing near. Prayer, fasting, Bible reading. Give them to you real quick. Uh, prayer does something. We have these nice little prayer wheels we gave y'all. Did everybody get one of these when you walked through the door? 21 days of prayer and fasting. Things I, I want you as a church to be praying for. I'm asking you to pray for these things. First of all, pray to God. Give him thanks. Give him praise. God's at the very top of our wheel. Okay, we want to pray. We don't want to always just ask God for stuff. Go to prayer just to praise Him, just to thank Him, just to tell Him, thank you for who you are. Thank you, Father. I know, but I, I'm just a turtle that somehow ended on top of a fence post. That's the truth right there. If you're a turtle on top of a fence post, the only way you got there is because God or somebody else put you there. Is that not right? turtle can't get on top of a fence post all by himself. A lizard can, but a turtle can't. I'm but a turtle on top of a fence post because I serve God. I walk in his vision. I walk in his plans. And uh, y'all know I can't even speak correctly half the time on Sunday mornings. But God is good. And so now I want you to pray for yourself and your personal stuff. I want you to pray for your request. Pray for your family and friends. Don't forget your family when you pray. My goodness, they're going through, th you know what they're going through. They're your family. Heck, you know who their siblings are. Pray for them. I pray for my sister all the time. Lord bless her. I know who her brother was and who she was raised with. 
She got hit way over the, over the head way too many times growing up. I made her bicycle fall apart on purpose. Um, I know it's not funny, but it is. Um, she deserved it. Um, I'd loosen her front wheel. <laughs> uh, personal growth. Pray for personal growth in your life. Say, Lord, show me new stuff. Let me grow in you this year. Repent. That's a key thing. When I go to prayer every single day, Lord, if I've offended anybody, I'm sorry. Lord, if I shouldn't have drove that fast through town, forgive me. Lord, I didn't mean to speed up and try to hit the squirrel. <laughs> Repent, you know. Do, do the good stuff. I love it when I see a squirrel run across the road. You know, I just think of that movie up. Squirrel! Right there, right in the middle of everything. I get sidetracked easy. you got to help me. Pray for our church. Pray for Trump. Pray that we strengthen. Pray for the unchurched to come to your church. Because I think this is a good place. Y'all like this place? I think it's good. Pray for the unsaved in this city every single day. You want to know how to get a heart for people who live in your city? Maybe you can't stand this city. You want to know how to love this city? Start praying for your city. There will be a love that comes over you for this place. You don't like your neighbor? Start praying for your neighbor. There'll be a new love that comes over you. Because when God's involved, things change. Things happen. You got somebody in your family you can't stand? Pray for them every single day. Well, they did me wrong. Who cares? Pray for them every single day. All the more reason to pray for them. And all of a sudden, you know what? Your heart will begin to change. Because there's something about when you pray... It changes who you are. It changes me. I get mad at somebody. Things aren't going right. I stop. I found a solution. I start praying for them. And my gosh, it just changes. The way I feel about them changes. The way I think about them changes. Because I start getting God's perspective. You know what? Pray for yourself. There's some of y'all that I see so much potential in. So much potential. You know why our young people don't succeed today? Because we grow up in a generation that doesn't have dads to tell them, son, I love you. Son, you can do it. Son, son, you can do anything you put your mind to. Son, you can do it. That's why we live in the generation that has the problems with self-confidence that we live in. People don't believe in themselves. When you start to pray for yourself, your, your vision and your perspective of who you are begins to change. Don't just look in the mirror and say, I'm fat. <sighs> Don't look in the mirror and say, oh, you can't do it. You can do it. You hear me? You can do it. When you look in that mirror and say, you're beautiful, you're called by God. God has his hand on you. Your footsteps are ordered by the Most High. Every step you take is ordained. Every step you take, there is, there, you have the gospel shoes of peace on the day. Everywhere you go, you're going to bring peace. You're going to bring prosperity. Everything you're going to do in your life is called, ordained by the Most High. Because that's what he's called you to do. He's called me to preach the gospel. He's called you to preach the gospel. Don't say, well, I'm just a timid little person. You're not timid. Look in the mirror and say, you are not timid. Start calling those things as though they are not. 
Start speaking to yourself. Speak life over yourself. You know why we have problems? We speak death over ourselves. My doctor said, you're fat. You don't get skinny or you're going to have a heart attack. I said, no, I'm not. Don't you speak that over my life. I looked right at him. I said, my grandpa was fatter than me. He lived to be 90. He was 5'9", 450. I got good genes. They're just big genes, praise God. Ain't no doctor telling me what I'm going to do or how I'm going to act or what I, how I'm going to breathe. You ain't the word over my life. Speak life over yourself. Draw near to God. Your perspective on everything you do will change. Doctor don't know nothing. You went to, I don't care if you went to school for 10 years. They got a pill that fixes that. Get me some skinny shots here in the next week or two. I'm going to feel good about myself. Speak life over yourself, what you do, church. You are the church. If you don't believe in yourself, there is no hope for your friends and your neighbors to ever find him. You know what the problem is? I wish I had a little cartoon character of the devil right now. I'd stick him on the bottom of my foot. The deal is Jesus said the devil's under your feet. And so you should be walking with him under your feet everywhere you go. But instead we get offended or, or we have sin in our life and the devil only has the control we give him. I've told you all that this in the past. We bring him up right here and carry him around with us. Hello, devil. We're going to play with you today. That's what we do. Your mama told you from your little, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Trust me, I know I burned a whole field down behind my house. Fire department came out. I said, somebody drove off on a four-wheeler. I don't know who lit that on fire. I'm just a little fire started, just curious, you know. I can't help the whole field caught on fire. <laughs> I was just a curious 10-year-old kid having fun, you know. Found some matches on the porch. What are you going to do? I made a little bonfire. got out of control. <laughs> I tried to swat it out. I burnt my mama's broom all up trying to get it to go out. <laughs> but you play with fire, you get burned. That's how it works. The more time you spend with God, the better you will be. Lord, forgive me for that fire. I never asked for forgiveness. <laughs> forgive me for lying to the fireman. I was scared. <laughs> you know, repent. And then there's our world. Pray for Israel. I got a friend that's a photographer in Israel, lives in Israel. He's fixing to move home next month. He's pretty much had all he can take. But I'm going to tell you what, the news does not cover what's really happening in Israel. Uh, the Palestinians come across the border. They run through the streets with long knives, stabbing everybody they can, they can kill at one time until they themselves get killed and become a martyr. happens daily. You cannot find pepper spray in Israel right now sold out they're doing everything they can do because if you're not an israeli national you can't carry a weapon in uh, israel so they have to resort to pepper spray mace 
and that kind of stuff. So him and his wife, every time they, they go to the store every morning, and they buy what they can buy and keep it on them for protection. That's how dangerous the streets of Israel are right now. People getting stabbed right and left. Fear for your life everywhere you walk because the enemy is trying to stab them in the back. And uh, then the stabbings happen. They'll put on CNN, Palestinian killed in Israel will be the headline. Palestinian killed in Israel will be the headline. But yet, same thing we do to our men and women in blue. But yet, now I'm not saying there's not bad police officers and bad things don't happen. But 99% of the time we're getting false headlines. They're, they're turning our public against our police. They're, they're trying to turn our public against Israel. And you need to pray for Israel. I'm just telling you. That is God's place. Those are God's people. And we need to pray for them. There, I, could go in, I could do a whole two-hour study this morning uh, on, on Israel and God's grace and God's love for Israel. I'm not going to do that this morning. Pray for Israel every day. Pray for our nation. We need to pray for our leaders. God, give us leaders that have wisdom. Oh, Lord, give us leaders that have wisdom. Hey, you laugh, but I pray for our president every single day. I don't want ill stuff in my heart about nobody. I pray for every one of our leaders, Republican, Democrat, Independent. I don't care who you are. I'm praying for you if you're a leader of this country every single day. And God will change your heart. They need Jesus as much as we do. They need wisdom as much as we do. They're, they're dealing with, don't blame people because they were raised with ideology and beliefs that are not our own. Every sinner out there is raised different than we are raised. And they might not know Jesus, and that's okay. But believe they find Jesus. I believe every one of our leaders in Washington find Jesus in a new way. But we need godly men leading this country. And I'm telling you, in this election that's coming up, it is crucial that we pick a godly candidate that will stand up for our Bible and our Christian rights. Our nation was found on God, founded on God. It says, in God we trust on our dollar. I don't want that removed. It's not just any God. It's the one and true living God. Missions. Pray for our missions. Pray for Kenya. Pray for Brother Moses. Pray for missions around the world. These guys are living in... There's some missionaries across the world that put their life at risk every single day. Pray for them. Pray for them. So... We have a full will of what to pray for. Pray for these things every day. Don't say, well, Pastor, I ain't got nothing to pray about. No, I just gave you a full will of what to pray for. We're going to have a 72-hour prayer intensive the last three days of our, fa our fast. Summer was feast. I'm thinking feast right now. Go, go today and eat a good lunch. You got my permission. Eat anything you want. Get it out of your system. Tonight we fast together. I'm giving up all sweets, all sugars. I'm giving up soda pops. I'm going to drink the Angleton water. Pray for me. <laughs> Lord be with Miss Britta. She has to filter it. And so, we're praying that you read your Bible every single day. That's one of the three things to draw near to God. Read your Bible beginning January 1st. Uh, on this sheet, it tells you where to go to download the Bible app and the reading plan. Um, pray and fast daily for the entire 21 days. Don't give up. Attend Thursday night prayer services. Be here. 
that three-day intensive, there's a sign-up online with all of our campuses, okay? You can sign up with Sugarland, Beaumont, Nederland, and D.C. We're all praying together, and Angleton, five of us, all praying together for 72 hours. Pick you some 30-minute segments when you can pray during that 72 hours. We're going to pray together and believe God for our, our cities, to believe God for you, and to believe God for the world and our nation. Amen? Amen. So, so go use this and do it. Also, if you're into Periscope, Pastor Damon of our D.C. campus, he's a Periscope guru. He loves it. He Periscopes going to the grocery store. I don't get it. Uh, I, don't wanna, I don't want people watching me looking for my groceries. And I don't want people seeing what I look like at 6 a.m., so you won't see me that early in the morning. But every 6 at 6 a.m. our time, 7 a.m. Washington time, 7 p.m., 6 p.m. our time, Washington, in the evenings, he will be periscoping. You can friend him. His name is Damon Scapin. Uh, he's on my Periscope friend list if you look at it. But uh, you can go visit his Periscope account. He'll be praying for seven minutes every morning and very, every evening. Join with him if you want to and pray with him. Set those times apart. Don't let people hijack your God time. Don't do it. You know why people get divorced? Because they let everything in the world hijack their time with their spouse. They never spend time with them. And then all of a sudden they have two separate visions and they get divorced. That's what happens with us and God. We get a vision. God, get, God has a vision for our lives. We have a different vision for our life. We go separate ways. And we get far away from God, then all of a sudden we're, we're up to stuff this deep and we're like, God, what happened? And then we start praying, God, why'd you leave me out here all by myself? And he's like, I didn't leave you, you left me. And, and so, so make sure you stay close. I'm going to tell you what, we, we live in a dangerous time where we start justifying sin. Uh we're in a very, very, you know, we have a left and a right and a middle here in our nation when it comes to politics. But the same thing's happening in the church. See, the devil uses the same tactics in our nation he uses in the church. And we have very liberal Christians and we have very moderate Christians and then we have very conservative Christians. I am more on the conservative side. I'm just going to let you know. I do not believe that it's appropriate that you can have a lifestyle of sin. And it's a, it's a very fine line that we, we start crossing, and it's a very dangerous line when we begin to condone sin. Let me tell you what, justification leads to separation. Just going to tell you, when you start justifying sin in your life, you're, you're starting to separate yourself from God. Adam and Eve sinned, and immediately they knew they were naked. Something happens when you sin. There's some, when you choose a lifestyle of sin, something happens. There's a separation that starts happening in your life. When we cheapen grace, I know we have, well, I'm saved by grace, Pastor. You know, I, yeah, I sin. And I, yeah, there's a difference between sinning and asking forgiveness and then just choosing to sin over and over and over again. There's something about that. And when you start cheapening grace by condoning the sin in your life, you disgrace the plan of God for your life. You can write that down. That's good right there. We've been talking about Asaph today. In 1 Chronicles 16.4, David said he appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke 
to thank and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Asaph was one of these guys. He realized that the word invoke means to appeal to, to pray to, to call on, to supplicate, to entreat, to solicit, to beg, to implore, to beseech, which comes from the root word of seek. There's something about seeking God. They had the Ark of the Covenant, which carried around the presence of God. And if you weren't a minister, or you, you weren't the right tribe, and you touched it, you would die. But yet they still sought Him. They still seeked after Him. They still wanted Him. They implored Him, God, come in a stronger fashion. Lord, forgive our sins. Lord, let this stuff fall off of us. There's something about moving into a place in your life of repentance and a place where you anguish after the things of God. We need to seek after God in a stronger way. As a nation... And as a people. And for 21 days, like I said, I'm asking you, don't do it for me. Do it for him. There was, a, uh, there was an Indian tribe in a mountainous region here in America. And they would take the young braves. And they take these young braves, these young men, that were ready to become warriors. And they take them to the foot of this mountain. You know, it was a three, five-day journey up the mountain and back down. And um, there was all kinds of wildlife, trees. It wasn't just one of these hills you see where it's just dirt straight up, straight back, and you can see everybody. It, it, you're figuring your way around waterfalls. You're figuring your way through the woods, around the bears, around the animals. And it was a, a, a passage from moving from a young man to a man a passage to become a man. And the chief of the tribe would take these young braves out and he'd say, it's your time. It's your destiny. It's time for you to walk into being a man. And he said, ahead of you is the mountain. I want you to go all the way to the very top, the highest peak. And I want you to come back down and see me. When you get back, come see me. And so he would cut them loose, and they'd all run, start running. You know, young guys, they're just, we're going to run to the top of the mountain. Well, it's a five, seven-day trip, you know. That lasted for about five minutes, I'm sure. And so they travel, some of them halfway up the mountain, and they make it back before everybody else. And they come to the chief, and the chief says, tell me what you saw. Well, we just saw sky and hills and land. He said, you're not a warrior. Leave my presence. Leave me. Go somewhere else. It's not your time to be one of our select. It's not your time to be one of our elite. Leave. And then the, the guys who made it all the way to the top came back. And he'd take each one of them into his tent and ask them one time, said, what did you see? And he said, chief, I could see the ocean. I could see the waves. I could see a whole nother world. 
I could see all the things that you've told us about from that one glimpse atop the mountain. And he said, I'm proud of you. You've become warriors. And he'd hand them their tribal spear and he'd hand them their tribal headdress and he said, congratulations. Well done. The deal is, 21 days, I'm asking you as a church, don't skimp on the 21 days. Don't give, You can still catch up on the Bible reading plan. Catch up. Stay with us. Don't just go halfway up the mountain. Go all the way to the top and draw near to God and see what He can show you in the next 21 days for your life. I promise, hang with me. Do what I've talked about. And you'll see something different than you've ever seen in your life before. Let's stand together. There's three results that happen when you draw near to God. And I don't want to call them results today. I want to call them rewards. There's three rewards that happen. First of all, when we draw near to Him, He draws near to us. Second, He'll lift you up. Third, He's going to reveal things to you, according to Psalm 73. Psalm 73, when He said He reveals things to you, He'll reveal the truth about the wicked in verse 20. He'll reveal God's love for you when you seek Him. The closer you seek him, the more you'll love him. He'll reveal guidance and wisdom for your life. And he'll reveal and reward you with how much he loves you. God loves you. He wants to reward you in this season. But you have to go all the way to the top of the mountain. And you have to draw near to him to reap the rewards and reap the benefits that he has for your life. Let's close our eyes. Today... I love you, Father. I worship you. I magnify you in everything that I do, Jesus. I just want to worship you over the next 21 days. I want to worship and glorify and draw near to you. Father, change our hearts. Change our perspectives. Let us look at life differently this year. Father, Use that word Bob this year in our life. Create new things in us. Make two hearts as one. Draw my heart to become your heart, Father. What you want to do in a person, do it in me. What you want to do in a pastor, do it in me. What you want to do in this church, Father, do it in this church. What you want to do with the church, do it in this church. Father, what you want to do with the people, do it with these people. Father, show us fresh revelation, fresh manna from heaven, Father, as we read your word every day. How we love you, how we love your spirit. Let every step we take today, Father, revolve around you. Oh, how we love you. We thank you for the chance to worship you. Let us be faithful to you and you alone over these next 21 days, Father. And let us realize the devil is under our feet. And only you are in front of us. We love you today, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to bless you as you go today. Father, I call them blessed in this city. 
I call them, I call them blessed in their jobs, Father. I call them blessed in their finances. I call them blessed in every area of their life, Father. Don't let them look what others have, Father, but let them look to you, Father. And through that, let supernatural blessings come their way. We thank you for all these things. In your name we pray.